Put, put up there, Proverbs 31, 30, first. Uh, could you do it out of the Amplified? Yeah, because all, all of it will be out of the Amplified because we're going to go through the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Now, what, what this, Proverbs 31, 30, sums up what God says about the woman he made and why she can fulfill all the other requirements which we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay, so charm and grace are deceptive. And beauty is vain because it is not lasting. But a woman who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So, okay, it says she is all this and that she can do all these things because of her relationship with the Lord. And obviously her walk with God splashes over into the other areas of life and that's true it does and you you start to see that's the picture of an awesome virtuous woman and it's a picture of what the victorious bride of christ will be like which is the church, church. church. Amen. so we're supposed to be a reflection of that out there as women anyway so fear is reverence and honor and you know that and respect to the point that she does not want to displease or hurt God. That's why I don't see how anybody could even say GD. Because you, 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 if you're really a true Christian, you love God so much that that just, it's like somebody put, put a knife in your gut. Ugh. Okay, so see, when you honor the Lord, you love his word. You feed on it, you believe it, and you do it. And it's just like you, you listen to and honor the word of someone you love. Now, I'm going to compare it. I mean, not just, just think about that, though. Boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife, whatever, or someone you look up to, and you hang on every word they say. Now, listen, and if you really love God, so you need to stir yourself up to get to that point of loving God that much that you're hungry to listen to his word. See, it's not those who talk the talk that impresses God. It's those who walk the walk. And because of that, you qualify for his blessings and your husband and children rise up and other people do too and call you blessed. So are you hungry and thirsty for God? Yeah. What, what does it take to satisfy your heart? See, if you read the Bible once a month, Hearing me? Everybody. Attend church occasionally. Pray now and then. You're honestly not very hungry. <laughs> you're hungry if you are a person who can't get enough. And you're never really satisfied. Example. Uh, you know, you are physically hungry. You're starving. Right? So, so you, you eat a little cracker. <laughs> One little, you know, saltine. <laughs> Are you satisfied with that? 
Or you're so thirsty that you have cotton mouth and you take one teaspoon of water. See, that, that's what we're doing with God. See, it's the same with God. Are you hungry and thirsty and would 10 minutes a week in the word be enough? Going to church once a month. Singing a few worship songs every six months. Praying a few times a year. And this is for everybody. I mean, it's not for the woman right now. It's for everybody. Sometimes you've got to stir it up. You've got to stir your spirit up. And the more time you spend with the Lord in the word of God, the more you stimulate your hunger and thirst. It's the truth. It's like any habit. See, God's looking for committed, wholehearted. <laughs> now, and the busier you are, the more of his presence and word you need. Well, I'm too busy to do all that. Otherwise, you can't make it to your on your own. And none of us are that smart. See, I'm not kidding you. you, you when you love something, you spend all your time on it. But you've got to get that with the Lord. For, it, it's, it's vital. It's actually vital. Okay, now jump to, to uh, verse 10 in the Amplified. And we're going to keep going on that. So, Alicia, you can just keep, you know, that whole thing up there, uh, you know, as we go. So, yeah. Say it. <laughs> Husband, say it. Louise can't. <laughs> I just teased her. Isaiah can't. No, John. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. So now, all right. I, I okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. No, thirty-one ten. Yeah, a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Who is he who can find her? She is far more precious than jewels, and her value is above rubies or pearls. Now, I want to first of all, I want to tell you this. Do you know that the Hebrew word to describe the virtuous woman in that verse, it's, and it's the word, I don't know, K-H, K-H-K-H-L. It's a Hebrew word. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. However, but it has to do with the military. <laughs> this is a warring person. Keep it up there well, you know. And it means mighty, it means wealthy, excellent, military expert, morally righteous, full of substance, integrity, abilities, and strength, and mighty like an army. Now, I, some of you, if you don't read the Bible much, you're not going to know who Deborah is. After, after uh, Joshua, you know, all, all the, everybody died, Joshua died. And then it's the book of Judges, and they did some horrible things because they had no leader. And Deborah later was one of the women who rose up. And I'm not kidding you, she led the army. <laughs> and all the men would go to her and ask her advice. And even this one time, they were supposed to go to war, and, and they, um, they have a... a he would not go without her. <laughs> the, the, the general of the army would not go without Deborah. <laughs> he was too scared. Okay. But I mean, she was, I have a picture of her in my office in the, in the top shelf. Elsie Popkin gave it to me <laughs> once. 
But see, if you read about that in the Bible, yeah. okay, see, it's, it's a reflection of a woman or wife in Proverbs 31 for the last day's church. But that means everybody, yeah. men and women, yeah. the virtuous overcoming bride of Christ. The same word is to describe the valiant, mighty men in the Old Testament. And those were the ones like they, they killed like half of an army or like um, David with Goliath. And uh, they were mighty men. Oh my gosh, they killed, this was true. I, I can't even, they killed many of them all by themselves. Now that was, see, that was God though, the anointing. Now, the Passion Bible says, who could ever find a woman like this one? It means her worth is priceless. In other words, a virtuous woman or wife is a reflection of the church again. And the price paid for her was the, for the church was the sacred blood of the Lamb of God, her bridegroom. It's a picture of an awesome, victorious woman and a picture of what the bride of Christ looks like. I'm saying that over and over, but... Okay, so in verse 10, it did say, what are you worth, you know? <laughs> and it talked about rubies. Uh, you know, a ruby, I don't know, is worth probably $75,000, one ruby. I don't know how big, you know, it depends on the size of it. But God, God wanted every person on the earth. He knitted them in their mother's womb carefully. And his thoughts of you are as many as the sands of the sea. Now, he might have, you're probably saying, well, then why are some defective? Because the devil got in there somewhere. He cares about, well, we're not going to go there, though, but he cares about the smallest details. God does. So don't insult him by thinking less of yourself. Now, virtuous means moral excellence, good character, high integrity, dependable, full of Christian energy. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs 18.22 says, you don't have to put these up. Don't put these up. Just listen. Whoso finds a true wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. Now, some of you know you probably didn't find a true wife. <laughs> No, no. Well, I mean, you know, some people there's, okay. Proverbs 12, 4 says, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, earnest and strong in character, but she who makes him ashamed is as rottenness to his bones. Okay. Verse 11 and 12. It's not possible. You can't put that all up at one. That's all right. Verse 11. Don't, don't go away from Proverbs 31. Just stay on, we're going to go through the whole thing, and it'll go faster, because I, yeah. Okay, so verse 11 and 12, okay? So, the heart of her husband trusts in her confidently and relies on and believes in her securely, so he has no lack, lack of honest gain or need of dishonest spoil. Go ahead, next one. She comforts and encourages and does him only good as long as there is life within her. So, in other words, the first verse, she doesn't squander his money on unnecessarily and unwisely things, so there is continuous financial pressure. And the charge cards are loaded. 
He can trust her to pay the bills. Well, I'm not going to go there. I don't want I remember when I was first a baby Christian, I went to Bible study. And I honestly am good with money. I mean, I just, just the way some people are, some people aren't. And, all, you know, or just with numbers and stuff like that. And um, they said, you must submit to your husband and give that over to him. I thought, that doesn't make sense because he doesn't like it. He doesn't care for it at all. I, and I just love to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that, you know, that submission thing goes, that isn't, some of this isn't right. You know what I'm talking about? That, okay, I'm not, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> okay, so see, but you have to work. Work, maybe work within a budget so she carefully evaluates items before she purchases them and she does not max out charge cards so you see someone said you can tell how much faith someone has by how full their charge cards are <laughs> anyway she does <laughs> she doesn't deliberately flirt with other males or gossip about her husband by running him down behind her back so, so trust is a huge issue in marriage. Jealousy, anger, rage, accusations stem from insecurity and distrust. And Ephesians 5.33, don't, now don't put it up there. Uh, I'll say it. Let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband. She notices him, regards him, she honors him. She prefers him, she venerates and esteems him. She defers, praises, loves, and admires him exceedingly. Amen. I have, might have to read that, read that every day. <laughs> oh, Corbin, he goes. <laughs> I know, but I mean, it's just, <laughs> that's in the amplified anyway. So, it depends, yeah. It depends who you married, too. Okay, yeah, see? But really, men and, men and women, husbands and wives should do that whole thing. Anyway, at the role of a wife, there is only one person you can control, and it's not your husband. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> and if you are secure in your relationship with God, you will not be self-centered. You will focus on your husband's needs first. This is extremely important. Now, see, this is kind of a, yeah, you better find people like that. Yeah. Whoever is single, man in here. Okay, don't rely on your husband to make you, oh boy, this is huge. Feel complete. Singles note this. A wife or husband is really not your other half. It's your whole. Yeah, yeah. You have to be holy. Okay, they say give 50 50s. Give 100 100. I am not kidding you. And you do not look to your husband as a God who can fulfill your needs. He doesn't look to his wife to fulfill everything that there is. You look to God. First, and you know what? If you do that, stuff will work out. 
So it, that is huge. I can tell you that from being married 55 years, right, Sherry? 50, 76. Oops. <laughs> She's been married 57. <laughs> so <laughs> that's extremely, I bet you, Sarah, you know that too. <laughs> so anyway, so you can be complete only in Christ as a woman or a man. Your husband may be a major blessing, but only God can make you complete. And a good marriage is satisfying, but it can never take the place of God. And that's why people get so hurt. Don't. If you look at God, you'll get rid of the hurt. See, at the throne of your heart, there is a seat for one person, and it's Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the only one who can satisfy your heart. And when we try to be satisfied by anyone else, we're going to be let down every time because they have problems too. And you know what? So it's impossible for anyone else to fulfill that role. It's the truth. So they don't have, they don't have the goods because they're a person like you <laughs> looking for completeness also. So when Jesus satisfies you, it frees you up to be a spout of blessing. Amen. And when they go haywire, your husband, then you got, the, you got enough of Jesus and fullness that you can help them. So, see, rather than a sponge that always needs something from others, <laughs> if you want to take instant pressure off your marriage, transfer your expectations from your spouse to God. Truth. It's the truth. If you expect your husband to understand you and provide for all your needs and treat you like a queen and cater to your whims, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. <laughs> Selfishness has no part in a marriage. And if it happens, well, fine. That's great. You know, be happy. <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, no, or just, just say, oh, well, gee, what a blessing. <laughs> See, when your expectation is in God, it removes disappointment. It really and truly does, and it frees you. And when you change and put God first, your husband will change, and your children will change. Um, okay, let's see. And then I had some other... Th okay, and also, um, a husband can have great confidence... And she's not a, in, a, in a good wife, and she's not a disgrace to his name. And Jesus, and, and let's do this with the church. Jesus will not be ashamed to display his church to the world. You know, that's how the church should act, too. Okay, so now let's go to 13. Okay, so it says... She seeks out wool and flax and works with willing hands to develop it. Now, I mean, I looked up all kinds of stuff with all these verses. So wool is an example of purity in the Bible. Isaiah 1.11 verse 8 says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow, and though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. So he, he compares it. See, so wool is a special thing in the, in the Word of God. In Daniel 7, 9 and Revelation 1, 14 says the father's hair 
was white as pure wool. See, and it's like an example of purity. I just forgot I quit dyeing my hair. <laughs> no, that's all right. God doesn't care. <laughs> okay, now it said something about flax. Flax was made into linen and represents righteousness in the Bible. Flax represents righteousness. So the virtuous bride of Christ in the last days will be pure and righteous in the eyes of the bridegroom. Um, it says uh, she works with willing hands. So the, the hands have five fingers, and it speaks of the fivefold ministry and its work on the earth, which is to equip the saints and help those in need. Yeah. Uh, I got notes on so many Okay, uh, and sometimes, and you know, she, she may even clothe her family on the natural side, you know, with this, and spiritually and physically. So just remember, flax means righteous. Okay, <clears throat> um, and, and one of, okay, she digs deep, no, that's not part of it. One of her prior, priorities is the oversight the management and organization of her own home. She's skilled in homemaking. Uh, verse 14, uh, let's see, get it. She is like the merchant ships loaded with foodstuffs. <laughs> she, <laughs> I don't know if I like that verse. <laughs> no, God, all your verses are good, but we're loaded with foodstuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she brings her household's food from a far country. Okay, so food here or bread means spiritual food and, and physical. She brings supplies from far away or from another realm, the spirit realm. It's heavenly manna. It's like a ship loaded with cargo. The bride of Christ brings heavenly treasures to others. And the term merchant points to Jesus Christ in, in, uh, in Matthew 13, 45. And I wrote it down. So Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man in search of good, fine, precious pearls. And when he finds it, he sold all he had to buy it. So see, the pearl is the church or the believer which cost all Jesus had, his blood, to purchase us. Okay, so verse 15. Okay, she rises while it's yet night and gets spiritual food for a household and assigns her maids their tasks. Okay, Ooh, nice to have maids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but but what you could what you know, and that's when my fa when your family was young or stuff. I always used to when I became a Christian, I used to go get up early and pray for everybody. Just short prayers. You know what? Before she begins the day, she spreads. She spends time with the CEO of her life, the chief executive officer of her life. <laughs> and
And it's, it helps. It does. And she digs deep into the word of God and brings her family light and life and good spiritual food. So, you know what? And, and ask for God's wisdom. What do you want me to do today, God? Well, if you have a job, he wants you to do that job. You know, that, that's okay. Yeah. But is there anything else you want me to do? You know what? And organize your day. If you don't say, I'm going to do this, this, this today, you just be That's where you get. See, she treasures the word of God more than she does natural things or natural food. She has a Mary spirit rather than a Martha. Did she bless? She got her name Mary. No. And has, because it's good, you've got to have personal time with God. Just a little bit, if you don't have much time. But pray, because you pray for your family and others, and you can do that really quick. And builds up her most holy faith. Now, I mean, I'm older now, and, but I pray for my family, my children, my grandchildren, and, you know, the, uh, the um, everybody in the church. I don't mention your names because sometimes I don't have time. But I say, everyone that attends this church, you get prayer. Amen. You do. She prays for her family and others and builds up her most holy... I said that. She covers them with the blood of Jesus. Asks for wisdom for this day so she can walk in God's strength. Plans out her day with organization being led by the Holy Ghost. She has maids. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but she may be just an organized manager. <laughs> she buys up time so she can do God-ordained things. And that's the truth. When I became a Christian, I was always buying up time because I know that I can spend more time with the Lord. Then I can spend more time with the Lord. It's the truth. That was my mindset. You, you, may, may, even, you may even be spending, though, more quality time with the children or her husband are doing her God-given responsibility or like something like working at the church. In fact, it's the God-given responsibility for everyone to do some work at the church. It, because, I mean, this ain't my church. <laughs> See, during prayer time, the Holy Spirit can let her know things about her husband, her children or others, or herself before they happen. You can, by, you know, operating in the gifts of the Spirit, like a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. You say, hey, you didn't know this, but your child is hanging around with the wrong crowd. And maybe they're surfacing the internet on inappropriate sites. Or maybe your husband needs prayer. She can stop a car accident. I mean, I'm not <laughs> going to say maybe her husband's going out with another woman or something like that, and the Holy Ghost tells her, but no, that, I don't know. But cheating Going wrong places, doing wrong things, the, the, you know, the kids. Uh, you don't have to be a woman, a wife, and a mom by yourself. The Holy Ghost will help you. And if you're single, widowed, or divorced, God can be your husband. Ooh, this time, I do want you to take a break from Proverbs 31 and go to uh, Alicia and put up Isaiah 54. Verses 4 through 6, out of the Amplified. See, the Holy Ghost lives in you if you are born again. And he promises to lead us. Just The Holy Ghost lives in you even if you're being rotten. 
If you're really born again, he came to live in you and he didn't leave. If you're, you're committing adultery, he's right there with you. <laughs> Watch, watching pornography, he's right there. He's inside of you. He's probably going, <laughs> no, I just, okay. So, okay, so this is for women who are divorced, single, whatever. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your redeemer, your rescuer, your ransomer. The God of the whole earth he is called. Okay, next verse. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken, grieved in spirit and heart sore, even a wife wooed and won in youth, when she is later refused and scorned, says your God. Okay, did we get, oh, no, did we get verse five? Oh, okay, that was six, okay, yeah. Okay, what was four? Yeah, fear not, for you shall not be ashamed. I knew we missed one. Neither be confused and depressed, for you shall not be put to shame. For you shall forget the shame of your youth, and you shall not seriously remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. And see, the next verse, put it there again. For your maker is your husband. Just review that. If you, it's the truth. Okay, verse 16 now out of Proverbs 31. Okay, she considers a new field before she buys it, a new job or a new business, you know, whatever, something. Before she buys or accepts it, expanding prudently and not courting neglect of her present duties by assuming other duties. You can go too far with that and have no time for God. With her savings of time and strength, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. And I mean spiritual vineyard too. So she considers, she asks, asks the Lord if it's his will first to do this. See, don't make your own plans and then ask God to bless them. Maybe they weren't his plans, and if they are his plans, they're already blessed. That is huge, 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 huge. I've learned that after being a Christ. Don't make your own plans and say, well, I'm going to do this. Did you ask the Lord? See, we are all, and we're all as women, different seasons of life. You know, some have young children. Some have children in school. Some are growing up, you know. And, you know, if you have preschool children, consider them first. You know, before you launch out into a new field. Amen. See, keep your priorities right. God, husband, children. Then ministry or work. See, consider the field of your own spiritual life. Number one, consider the field of your husband. Consider the field of your children's hearts. Consider friends, co-workers, and family members. And, you know, when you give in to these, you are planting a vineyard. What I mean is, you know what? You've got your own spiritual life's got to give first. Your husband, God, children, 
then friends, coworkers. And sometimes I was just listening to Nancy Dufresne on the way here, and she was saying, if God told you to get rid of somebody in your life, you got to get, I mean, or, or quit hanging around him. You got to quit hanging him around him. Or you're disobeying him. Okay, see, now you can, she, you can plant seeds, uh, you know, okay. So you're planting a vineyard, and it could be you're bringing forth fruit in your local church, or maybe you're witnessing to these people or, or ministering to them. See, you plant seeds of God's word, good deeds, kind and faithful, faith-filled words and prayer. And these seeds will come up, or visiting somebody in the hospital, whatever, you know, whatever. Verse 17. Now, I'm just going to say this before she gets it up there. 1 Peter 1.13 says to gird up the loins of your mind. When you gird up, here's girding up. I won't gird up too high. But I mean, it's like girding and tucking your skirt in your belt so you can run fast, you know. And he says, though, gird up the loins of your mind. Watch what you're thinking about. That's a sound, disciplined mind. Gird means to bind on, surrounded. Surround it with the word of God. She has spiritual strength because of her strong walk with God and because she puts him first. And therefore, she is anointed with power to do the works of Jesus. And because of that, she is mentally fit also. She has a sound, disciplined mind because she renews her mind daily with the word of God. She is physically fit for the same, re same reason. Because we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And you need to, we need to stay fit to run our race. With divine health and strength for God. And so we can finish strong. There is, no, you don't die because you have sickness. You don't have to die of sickness. You can die feeling good. See, her arms are strong because she is not lazy. Her arms are strong because she lifts them in worship and victory to God. Okay, now, verses 18, 19, and 20, and then 24. Okay, she tastes the seed that are gained from work. With and for God is good, and her lamp goes not out, but it burns on continually through the night of trouble privation or sorrow, warning away fear, doubt, and distrust. You know, you may have to give, get up and pray. <laughs> Some intercessory prayer. Okay, go to the next one. She lays her hands on the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. Hold that one. Uh, uh, wait a minute. That word, I thought distaff, what does that mean? Where did I put that? It, it, it means, mm, well, we'll get to it. Ugh, I know it's in my notes. It's got too many. Okay, keep going. 20. She opens her hand to the poor. She reaches out her filled hands to the needy, whether in body, mind, or spirit. Okay, next one. She fears not the snow for her family, for all her household are doubly clothed in scarlet. Okay, stop there. Now, she may be, okay, um, it says to gird up the loins of your mind, okay? Mind See, so she has, yeah, the mind of Christ. And because of that, she is mentally fit. Okay, so she may be a businesswoman or a good, 
you know, with goods or merchandise. And she's not just busy with hard work, but productive. And she will, she'll stay in prayer to ward off fear or circumstances. She's an overcomer praying in the spirit. That's why I'd be filled with the Holy Ghost. And because of integrity and organization and putting God first, she has enough to bless others, not only physically, but spiritually. See, the law of sowing and reaping is in effect in this woman and in her life. Oh, the word distaff is taken from the root word prosperity. Whew, yeah, that's what it was, prosperity. Wow, can I... Okay, by her words and actions, actions, she plants good seeds into others and reaches a rich harvest, or bad, you know, heartache. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> okay, 1 Corinthians says we have the mind of Christ, and when we keep our mind full of the word, there's no room for anxiety and worry and fear and depression, gossip, move out of it. I've been there, but you can do it. You can move out of that stuff. You can do it. You start worshiping God. You know, if she chooses not to plant at all because of apathy and laziness, she reaps famine. But we have to call things that be not as though they were. She's filled with God's wisdom, and she gives counsel and instruction in government things. Spindle means government circuit, circuits or wheels. It actually means that. <laughs> Her life bears fruit. She's mentally sharp because she's not conformed to the world, but she's transformed and changed because she renews her mind continually with the word of God. She carries out and obeys his word. Now, I talked about the cold. She prepares ahead of time to keep her, her family warm. I mean, a lot of times when kids are little, we buy them clothes, right? Or, you know, in those days, they probably, she made some. But it also, the cold can also be in a time of trouble or evil report. However, her family is covered and surrounded by the warm blood of Jesus. If she's praying, speak the bloodline around your husband, around, we've been taught that, around your children when something happens, around your loved ones, your friends, do it around the schools. I mean, I'd probably be leading that group. I, I, when we used to walk around places, we walked around schools and police stations and, and uh, strip joints stuff and they all all the strip joints got out of town and you know around workplaces and all kinds of stuff so see you can put the bloodline around those places in Fremont and you know what they're actually your ground every place on which your foot has tread has been given unto you and we used to say that scripture before we went out we pray in the spirit and say that scripture, every place on which my foot has tread has been given unto me, and we would walk. I remember Sherry and Ron were with us. Yep, oh, I know you were for sure. Tony Anderson, he was. 
Do you ever do that? I don't know. Yep. Walk around those places. Way back. See, and what? Oh, every place on which uh, Joshua 1-3. Yeah. Every place on which my foot has tread has been given unto me. <laughs> has been, that's a good song. No man shall be able to stand before me. I will, I don't know. I, I sort of remember it all. Okay, but we've got to get to this because people have <laughs> things to do too. Okay, she taught them, she taught though her family to forgive and who they are in Christ. She has no fear because she has strong faith. And that's the truth. When you're full of faith, you're full of the word of God and you act on the word of God. You get faithful, you get committed to the Lord, and you know what? You're full of faith. And you know, Romans 14, 23 says, everything not of faith is sin. But anyway, the Passion Bible said, she is not afraid of tribulation. This is verse 21. For all her household is covered in dual garments of righteousness and grace. Garments speaks of ministries of the body of Christ woven and knit together by the Holy Spirit. That's actually, uh, yeah, that's in the Passion Bible in verse 21. It's cool. Okay, so verse, mm, I did say 24, did I? Let's just go to 22. I don't want to take all this. Oh, we're doing good. I know this is, and nobody's expecting you to be this way right now. It's just, because I'm not. Just work on it. Just realize what a, what a mighty role you have. But please, you can't depend on your other half to fulfill you. It doesn't work. A 50... Six years of marriage. I know it doesn't. It does not work. And when you go to God, it works out better. Because you come and you minister to them if they're yelled at you. And it works. I can tell you that. It works, it works, it works. Just don't get so blasted, self-centered that they got to do everything for you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, okay. Okay, she makes for herself coverlets, cushions, and rugs of tapestry. Her clothing is of linen, pure and fine, and of purple, such as that which the clothing of the priests and hallowed cloths of the temple were made. I don't know where she has purple clothes. No. <laughs> no, purple represents royalty. She has pretty clothes. <laughs> okay, linen represents purity, righteousness, holiness, purples. Silk represent royalty, high quality. Okay, now I'm going to talk about modesty. We can be modest and still be fashionable. A virtuous woman is a classy lady who dresses with the style and flair, and she is represents, she's an ambassador for God. So, you know what? Although your physical appearance is important, God is far more concerned with what's on the inside. And no amount of beauty will cover up a personal personality that needs work on it. <laughs> so I had to cover both sides here. 
See, do we need, though, plunging necklines? No. Bare midriffs. No. Fannies hanging out. <laughs> the rule is don't dress in a way that causes men to stumble and to lust or become inflamed with passion or brings attention to parts of the body. Well, that's his problem, not mine. No, it isn't. It is you. You, you can. Mm. Why, do, why do they dress prostitutes? And really, they tell them how to dress and go on the streets because men driving past are attracted to it. Now, it's not. No, no, you don't do that. That, boy, I tell you that. Because uh, you can be really nice. You can dress really nice without. You can't. So, so make a choice. How low your necklines are, how high your skirts will be. <laughs> Where your top lands on your midriff, how tight everything is. Remember, you represent and are an ambassador for God. So if you try on your dress and you gained weight, don't worry. <laughs> Go on a diet and wear it next Sunday. <laughs> I don't know. That's happened to me. Okay, uh, jump to verse 24. I don't know why. <laughs> she makes fine... Or we said that already? She delivers to the merchant girdles. Oh, yep. Okay. So her life is such a witness of purity and holiness and good character that she leads others to God because they want to be like her. See, linen represents purity yeah. and righteousness. Sashes and girdles were like belts. And in Hebrew, it meant you tucked your long garment in the sash to free your legs from entanglement when running a race. And the purpose of the sash and the girdle and the belt was so you won't stumble. The purpose of my bell is to get my microphone on. And I, there was none today, and I didn't think anything else. I forgot all about it. Because I always wear this on Mother's Day. <laughs> anyway, verse 25. So we got hair bands. Okay. Uh, strength and dignity are her clothing, and her position is strong and secure. She rejoices over the future, the latter day or time to come, knowing that she and her family are in readiness for it. Ooh, that's really true today. She makes preparation for the future. Uh, okay, because she decrees and declares things. Decree and declare things for the future, that God will protect you all kinds of things. She makes preparation and she makes proper deposits and seeds into her husband, her children, her home, and others. She's trained her children, so no matter what the future holds, they are ready. She is joyful because she has spiritual strength and faith. And laughter in her home brings unity and love. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You can laugh because you trust God in his word. Okay, now... Uh, Okay, verse 26 and 27. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's much of a compliment. No. <laughs> she, she, opens, she opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness, giving counsel and instruction. This is a huge scripture, though. Say it all the time. I open my mouth in wisdom, and, and on my lips is the, is the law of kindness. I mean, you know, you can do it out of the King James. It's easier to memorize, but it's the truth. Because if somebody says something off to you, you don't have to answer them. Stop that, because I've heard it in this church. I've heard it even to my husband. Ken, people talk about a woman. And don't do that. You can control yourself. Because that's disrespect in every way, and it just, it, okay. She opens her mouth in skillful and godly wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness, giving counsel and instruction. So what do I do at home if that happens? I don't say nothing. I just don't say nothing. Zippo. Honestly, we got to do these things. See, okay, but anyway, sweetness of the lips, and that's another one I used to use in school. Sweetness of the lips increases learning. Sweetness of the lips increases Bible learning, too. See, people receive more when we speak with kindness. And we don't want to come across with harshness, criticalness, a condescending voice, judgmental, whiny, <laughs> pouty, or patronizing tones. James 1.20 says, The wrath of man or woman works not the righteousness of God. The fruit of the Spirit should prevail. And folks, that fruit of the Spirit isn't in there just for kicks. Review it. Am I walking in love? Do I have joy? There were times, I go, I don't have joy, do I? Okay, love, joy, peace. Or long-suffering. Long-suffering. Kindness. Goodness. Goodness means a spirit of giving, though. Faithfulness. Faithful people are full of faith. Humility. And self-control. And if you keep reviewing them, you go, Ooh, I didn't have self-control all that time. Ooh, I didn't have joy. No, you check yourself. Memorize them. You know what? See, she speaks, okay, she speaks with whim, wisdom and corrects with such kindness that it yields good fruit. You go like that. You're not going to yield the fruit that you want. Do it, do it with kindness. What was I going to say? Something about that. Anyway, okay. Knowledge is knowing what is knowing what to do. Wisdom is being able to apply it. Apply it when the rubber meets the road. The beginning of wisdom, remember this, is the fear of the Lord. It says that in Proverbs. James 3, 17 and 18, don't put it up there though. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. The, from above, from God. It's peace loving, his wisdom. It's courteous, it's considerate, 
It's gentle. And it yields to reason. It yields to reason. It's full of compassion and good fruits. It's wholehearted. It's straightforward, impartial, free from doubts, free from wavering and insincerity. That's God's wisdom. That's in the Amplified. That's verse 17 and 18. If you have an Amplified Bible, James 3, 17 and 18. I remember when I was a baby Christian and this missionary lady, and you know what? She corrected me, but I didn't even know it until the next day. She did it with such consideration and such just the way she did it. And I went, she was correcting me, and I didn't even know it. That's what God does it. You see? That's the way you got to do it, and it works. <laughs> okay, verse 27. She looks well to how things go in her household, and the bread of idleness, gossip, discontent, and self-pity she will not eat. She's an organized manager. She takes responsibility for her household. She doesn't waste time or energy. First Timothy 5.14 says to manage your home. She isn't on her cell phone all day <laughs> or watching TV, maybe soap operas, or out for coffee all day or getting vain imaginations. So when her husband and children come home, things are disorganized and a mess. Or there's nothing to eat, and it causes strife and unrest. What if you are older? Oh, now this one, I, you'll have to jump and go to Titus 2. And then I'm almost done. Of course we are, because we're at the end of the chapter. Okay. <laughs> Okay, she looks well to how things go in her, oh no, Titus, Titus, okay, all the T's go together, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, that's a way to memorize that, where it's at, <laughs> but as for, no, it's Titus, wait a minute, I did say that? Okay, okay, I can't even find where I have my notes. Okay, but as for you, teach what is fitting and becoming to sound wholesome doctrine, the character and right living that identify true Christians as a woman. Go ahead. Urge the older men to be temperate, venerable, serious, sensible, self-controlled, and sound of the faith, in the love and in the steadfastness and patience of Christ. Go ahead. Bid the older women similarly to be reverent and devout in their department as becomes those engaged in sacred service, <laughs> not slanderers or slaves to drink. <laughs> well, that's in the Bible, boy. <laughs> they are to give good counsel and be teachable of what is right and noble. And, and one of the places, and there's another place in the Bible I... Uh, it says to teach the younger women how to, yeah, it's truth. Okay, now verse 28 through 30. 
Well, yeah, 31. Okay, then we'll read it. Okay, bid the, okay. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Happy, fortunate, to be envied. And her husband boasts and praises of her, saying, Many daughters have done virtuously, nobly, and well, with the strength of character that is steadfast in goodness, but you excel them all. Charm and grace are deceptive, and beauty is vain, because it is not lasting. But a woman who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Last verse. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates of the city. Okay, so effective prayer begins with knowing. Pray for your children. Pray for your children. We, we've got places where we can even tell you how. So begins with knowing that what we are praying about is God's will. See, God's word is God's will, and God's will is God's word. Pray for and teach your children to know Jesus, to be hungry for his word. You know, tell them the word with love and with joy. I've had people come in here, and people, they were made, if they disobeyed, they were made to sit in a corner and read the Bible. So if you use that as punishment, they're going to hate the word. You can't do that. See, tell them the word with love and with joy, filled with and led by the Spirit. So, But live by faith. Being a prisoner of hope. You know what? It just seems like it's impossible, but, but you're... But, but, well, it seems that way. It seems impossible, but... You, you stay in hope. Now faith is the evidence of things hoped for. If you don't have any hope, you don't have any, you can, it's impossible to get faith. <laughs> See, but if you keep and saying, I, I hope for this and I am going to um, visualize it and speak it into being. I need a new car. I call in that car. God, there's somebody out there that... You know, it depends where your budget is. You know, a used car, a good used car, that there's nothing wrong with it. I call it in. I call it in. Every day, call it in. More than once a day. Or a brand new car, whatever. See, live by faith and, and to apply. You know, apply the word of God to it. See, pre, have the preordained destiny of God, not what you want. Not, it's not even according to your God-given gifts and talents. It's not, it's not used for the wrong purpose. Those things that you, those surveys you take out, what you get, it may not be in the will of God. I, I'll give you Jesse Duplantis. He can play every instrument there is. He can play the piano by to this day. <laughs> give him a trumpet. Give him a saxophone. He can play it. He's brilliant. In music, and he was in music doing a quart of whiskey a day and drugs. It's a miracle he's lived. It, it was huge what he drank. Every day, his, his habit was $10,000 a day, and that was in the 60s. 60s. That's a lot of money. <laughs> but see, then he was an executive. In fact, he was a... They put him in a high position in a grocery store when he was 12, 
eight, eight years old. He know more about how to put the fruits and vegetables out than the manager did. So the guy said, watch him. He knows what he's doing. He, see, he, I'm sure he was a genius. But yeah, what? Yeah, there was a, one of the gas companies. Uh, you know, I keep thinking of Ex Exxon. Exxon? I keep thinking of Exodus. Shell? It was Shell. There was somebody else that was Exxon. Mike Keys was with Exxon. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So um, you see, he was with Shell and he had a high, high position. He had a position to be a manager. See, he, those were gifts that God gave him. But that isn't what God wanted him to do. God wanted him to be an evangelist. See, that was the plan. Yeah. Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship. You may have a multiplication. So don't, you know, don't necessarily ask him. Because that, what you do, it might not even be for something that's, that's necessarily an evangelist or fivefold ministry. It might be something else. So you can give a lot in the gospel. And it, it will be what, you, what God wants you to do. And you will be blessed with finances. I'm telling you, when you're in the will of God, things start to turn out. Okay. Oh, I guess, yeah, that pl the plan of God is very... Whew, Rich. Okay. According. Okay. So friends. Okay. Remove ungodly friends. I even said mates. If it, it's the truth, though, if it gets to be too much, you know, some of you have had to do that in your life, right? Sexual purity is, is very, very uh, important. <laughs> you know, um, be active in checking if someone lives in your house. You have a right to check. You know? Use love. Use God's word. I got all those Corinthian scriptures, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> okay. So... So Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Teach your children to choose the right path, and when they're older, they'll remain on it. Point your kids in the right direction, and when they're old, they won't be lost. Okay, what would people say about you at your funeral? A virtuous woman is a great influence to her husband, children, and others. She places God above everything and everybody. His word is final authority in her life. She has learned to submit to God and his word. She is committed to becoming whole through that word. Now, just remember, it can't be accomplished overnight because it gets involved. You get, it involves getting in his presence and seeking him for wisdom and direction at every single turn. I tell you, the only source that produces virtue and change in us is God. Amen. That's it. Oh, there's more. Oh, well. Just remember, it's even a military thing. 
How does she excel them all in her spirit and practical devotion to God? And it permeates every area of her life. I found more. Her secret was the reverence and the worshipful fear of the Lord, which is the beginning and chief part of wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And anyone who does this will have a life valued by God far above rubies and pearls. It's huge. <laughs> okay, so our next step is we're going to pray for the mothers. <laughs> so, uh, I bet you could almost... Yeah, okay, leave it here. Okay, just, okay, the Lord said to lay hands on the mothers and um, and just believe that you receive the anointing about everything that we've said. Okay? Do that, okay. So start to line up there. Mm -hmm. 